1: What's up everyone It's Noah Daniels and we are for another episode of the Real Hunting's podcast. On this episode, we do not have Kat and JJ, they are still on vacation, but Sarah Stevens is here to help us co-host this episode. Sarah, how are you doing?
2: good how
1: are you doing good (laughs) excited to hear what our guest has to share she actually listened to a couple of our episodes and felt compelled to email in to share her story summer wow your email kind of scared me just reading it so i can't wait to hear about your experience in person how are you doing today
3: i'm good i'm good it's a hot day here in atlanta but other than that cooling off inside ready to share my story
1: yeah, it's always exciting for us to get somebody else in Atlanta on the podcast. I feel like when we started, it was almost all people from Atlanta because it was people from our acting community or improv community or stand-up community who just happened to have woo-woo spooky stories to share with us. And these days we don't get as many. So it's always fun to have a fellow Atlantean on the podcast. That's right. So, Summer, you know, we like to find out at the top of an episode where people kind of fall on what we call our believo meter, where they, how much they actually believe in ghosts, how skeptical they are. What would you say? Zero being you don't believe in ghosts at all, 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale?
3: I, I would say I zero believe in ghosts, but I 10 believe in demons. Okay. We're in the Bible Belt. I'm here, I'm happening. <laughs> I totally believe in demons. And I, to be honest, when I grew up, I was always really into the scary stories, really into scary movies, really into anything spooky. You know, why does that happen? I've been very interested my whole life. Um, But once this happened, I became, you know, curious as in, okay, this doesn't make sense to me. And when you go through things like this, at least for myself, um, I think that my belief has brought me a lot of comfort in a sense, because when you go through this sort of thing, it's horrifying and it's scary and it's traumatizing. So my belief is that I think that demons have one goal and it's to make people believe there's not a heaven or a hell and they'll do anything to make you think that, right? No matter what it is, that's just like kind of what I go for. And so to me, it could be like, your granny, that's a ghost in bringing you comfort. That's a demon trying to make you believe, like, oh, there's something else here, right? Um, so I think that it tried to scare me to get me to go down this rabbit hole of, you know, what, how does this work? You know, if there's a heaven and a hell, what was that? You know, and, and there's something else going on here. And I very much so believe in spiritual warfare. I do believe there are things happening around us that we can't see. I hope that kind of describes my view on things, but that just brings me comfort because I tell myself, well, maybe now it won't come for me because I figured it out. (laughs) So I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anybody. I'm just, it just makes me happier.
1: (laughs) So would you, you know, would you classify yourself as a fairly religious person then?
3: I would. Mm -hmm.
1: It's less rare than you think that the people who are experiencing these things are religious. We've had several people on that claim that using their faith is what kind of has rid some of these demons or ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call it from their lives when things get too Mm -hmm. scary. So do you feel so it's not do you feel it sounds like you do feel that there's a direct correlation between the two for your experiences, at least
3: I do. I think I just get mad because even after I had come to that conclusion myself, I still had stuff happen. And I'm like, why are you still bothering me? (laughs) Like, leave me alone.
1: Yeah. I'm always telling Sarah that she needs some Jesus in her life, but she just <laughs> refuses. So I don't know.
2: <laughs> That's what you always say. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: definitely. I, I'm always like praying every night. I think my, you know how you do those really quick prayers before bed and you're not supposed to, but you do the really quick ones and it's just real fast. It's always, I pray for sweet dreams because I don't want nightmares. I always had terrible nightmares my whole life and I pray for protection that there's no evil in this house and don't let anything get me. That's my standard prayer every night, even if it's not long and lengthy, like it should be
1: (laughs) almost like a mantra. It sounds like
2: it is. It so much is
1: Sarah. Do you have any mantras that you say before you go to bed at night?
2: uh where's the melatonin i think so amen sister yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yes. i'm a i'm a devout member of the melatonin gang too yeah. so i can i can attest yeah. to that well summer we talked around a lot about what happened to you why don't you fill us in and and i'm not sure because the email i don't remember if it stated or not but can you start from your earliest experience dealing with some of these entities it may be the experience that you stated, but I'd love to kind of know where all this started with you.
3: Yeah. Okay. So this one's short. I don't even know if I mentioned this one. Um, I'd say the first real weird thing that happened to me and it was in the weirdest location. Like some of this doesn't ever make sense, but we were at like a candlelight service and you know how a lot of churches when they're first starting, like we'll go to local elementary schools or primary schools or whatever, and just have congregation there. Well, we had like this candlelight service in in the congregation. So it was nighttime at this old elementary school. I wanna say it was it was definitely in Newton County. Um, I think their mascot was a cardinal, but I don't remember. Anyway, so if, if that's your elementary school, it was there. So I remember there was somebody, you know, singing that we were doing worship for the the vigil, or I guess it's not a vigil. Nobody died the candlelight service. And I felt this hand like, you know, it's a very specific feeling to have a hand on your shoulder. And I thought it was weird, but it was, it was light, but there's people behind me, you know, in rows, everybody's standing in rows. And I was kind of rocking back and forth slightly with the music. And I I was little kid. And then I felt the hand go off. I'm like, okay, that was like weird. And I remember turning around and looking, no, like nobody's got their hand on me, you know? And then I felt the hand come back and it would get a little heavier and a little heavier. And after a couple minutes, it like pushed me forward. And I remember getting really upset and telling my mom who was standing to my right and being like, mom, like somebody keeps touching my shoulder and poor mom, she's probably got her pedophile alert on, like what's going on? Like who's touching my child? (laughs) And she turns around and she's like, Hey, are you guys, is anybody touching summer or something? I just remember everybody being really confused and be like, no, what is she talking about? So that was kind of embarrassing. And I'd say that was my first experience with something weird because I've just, I've never felt that any other time in my life, um, except for when I've had sleep paralysis, sort of, you know, that feeling things that weren't there. But I'd say that was the first time.
1: How long did it take you to come to terms with what happened to you there since you were at such a young age?
3: It's probably when I got super curious about, you know, ghosts and and all that. I mean, because when I was a kid, I totally, I probably had that half, I was probably like a five on the believe a meter scale, you know, as a kid, because I just always felt like I could pick up on like, Ooh, I don't want to go in that room. I'm not looking in that corner, stuff like that, you know?
1: So you would also consider yourself somebody maybe who's intuitive, would you say?
3: Maybe I struggle with that because of the things that have happened to me. I feel like maybe I'm just paranoid (laughs) and have that anxiety. I mean, I, I have not slept with the lights off. I, I slept with the lights off like once got sleep paralysis again. So I, I mean, I don't even sleep with the lights off. I am, scared to death of the dark. If, if I get locked in a in a room, if somebody shuts the lights out and they close the door, panic attack. I mean, it's bad. It's embarrassing, but it's bad because sometimes I always worry like when I do dog sitting gigs, like I am right now, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to look at their electricity bill this month and be like, mm-hmm. why is it so high?
1: <laughs> You're like, it was either that or a demon. Get over it, people.
3: Yes, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting when we talk about intuitive feelings and how that has affected, you know, various of us our lives and stuff. Sarah, have you ever had one of those moments where your gut said, don't go do this and you didn't and then you found out later like, you know, final destination like a log went through a car or something crazy like that?
2: Um, I I haven't had that. I've had more of which isn't intuitive, but like I will be in a place and then shortly after something bad happens, but I didn't get a feeling to not be there.
1: So do you think you're the- <laughs> You think I'm, you're the catalyst to bring the bad thing?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Are there any examples that you can give or is it just kind yeah. of general stuff?
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see. I This all happened like relatively in, around the same time I went to a Mexican restaurant. And then like a few days later, some kid died from an E. coli outbreak. And then I was at a six flags for my like oldest siblings. Um, they like had an army graduation and I went on this ride. And then like three days later, this girl got her legs cut off because the ride broke. So yeah, may- <laughs> <Why laughs> you- I'm
3: horrified.
1: <laughs> Why did you mess I with the ride? I
2: also had as a
3: kid though. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Oh, I-, I just always think that's so random and crazy,
2: but that's yeah. really horrifying that Yeah. So maybe I should try to start listening to my gut a little, or maybe I'm, you know, the person that's bringing the bad omen.
1: That's so wild. Anyway, it's hard to segue from that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My mom, my whole
3: life, she, it's very frustrating sometimes and she frustrates me, but I I do love her. Um, But she has that, intuition, that discernment of when she's in the wrong place, she knows to leave. Or when she has a bad feeling about something. I mean, and it's strong and she's always right. And it's crazy. I've got it a little bit, especially in the past year, I've had some, some gut feelings of like, no, don't go do this. Or, you know, don't go to that place. And it worked out because terrible things happened, you know? So I-
1: That's one of the most fascinating parts of the supernatural, if you want to call it that for me, because, you know, as we are all the host on this, um, unless they're specific guest hosts that we've had on who have ghost stories, we are all some form of skeptics and we want to know if it's real or not. And we want to believe these moments of intuition, or even just like when you think about somebody, and then they call your phone, or you think about a song, and it comes on the radio. There's so many random examples of things we can't really explain, you know, maybe it's because we're always thinking of that person to call us and they happen, you know, there's, there's ways you can go down that. And then there's just moments of deja vu that are super weird, and to me, almost impossible to explain. And I've I've gone over it on the podcast before, so I'm not going to rehash it. But I just love that stuff. Like as a kid, I grew up loving X-Men and I feel like that's the closest I'll ever get to having like an X-Men power is those random (laughs) fleeting moments of some kind of future telling. I don't even know what you call it. But yeah,
3: I had a dream last year where this, this event was happening And like two weeks later, it happened, like it it was, it was like a split second of the same visual. And I I can remember my dreams so well. I mean, they are so vivid. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. But it might've just been,
2: you know, coincidence.
1: Sarah, you just dream of other people dying, right? That's the only.
2: Yeah. (laughs) The recurring dream of a new person dying every night.
1: Now we laugh, but we had somebody on, this was like in the Genesis of the podcast. She was from Russia and I believe she was living in Atlanta, working as an au pair. And she claimed that she would like walk by somebody and be like, that person's going to die tomorrow. And then they would die. And like, before Prince died, something came to her. And was like, Prince is about to die and all these like weird things. And of course it's impossible for us to like fact check that. But the thing that got me the most about that episode is so some of the people were people she knew in her personal life. There's like this professor that was really influential to her She was like, oh, yeah, it just hit me like he's going to die of X, Y, and Z. I was like, did you ever think about telling him? Like, maybe he'd want to know that. And she was like, no, I just didn't feel like it was my place. And I'm just like, oh, somebody who's afraid of dying. That's horrifying knowing that somebody's like, yep, Noah's next week. It's it's in the books and they're not going to tell me.
2: She probably knew when you were going to die.
1: Okay, we asked and then we told her not to tell us if she did know.
2: (laughs) Oh, my
3: gosh, that's crazy, though. I mean, but I believe her. I feel like sometimes though, it's hard because it's like, to what extent are these intrusive thoughts and to what extent is this something, but I mean, it sounds like hers were pretty
1: pretty accurate. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it's so hard to know what's what, but that one was super fascinating. Well, let's get into while you're here, Summer. So you, you had some really, I would say kind of freaky, scary things happen Mm -hmm. while you were asleep. So can you kind of walk us through that?
3: Okay. So I would say, the most horrifying thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I was a kid and I was living in Buckhead, Georgia, not Buckhead here in Atlanta. It is Buckhead way out there, cows, all that good stuff. It was not an old home though. It was cute had lots of land and really happy family place. So I stayed in this bedroom with these old wicker pieces of furniture and This is going to be hard for me to describe because it is important how it's built. So it was a kid's room, wicker piece of furniture, had a long bottom drawer, and it was kind of separated into two above that. On the left side, it had like maybe four drawers, and on the right was this mirrored door, and you could open that door and put a TV on the shelf inside. So- I used to have one of those old Panasonic TVs that were like super small, like a foot by a foot maybe. No, that's probably way too big. No, that's probably about right. Anyway, so it wasn't abnormal for it to do this static thing on the TV. And this is is where the story, it it does sound a bit cheesy, so bear with me, but it's real and it's happened. It was static, but it wasn't rare. So I woke up in the middle of the night I was like, okay, got to find my remote, got to fix this. And that's how I knew I was awake. Um, you know, just in terms of like, whenever I recollect this story, because I feel like a lot of the times people were like, oh, are you dreaming? Were you, you know, hallucinating? I don't know. But I knew I was awake and alert. Because when you look for a remote, you feel the hard remote. It's cold, you know, it's very active mind thing. I grabbed the remote to go back. And then I see this... Um, Wisp of blonde hair, but behind the mirror door, which the mirror door is open because the TV is inside that shelf. So I was like, "All right, my mom has blonde hair. But, you know, why is my mom in here?" So I said, "Mom," and then like I looked down because that bottom shelf is there. So when that bottom shelf is there, I can see, you know, if there's anything standing behind that mirror. Uh, the mirror doesn't go all the way to the ground. There were no legs there. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm just crazy. So I look back up, right? And then I see this partial of a face with the blonde hair peeking at me from behind the door. And that's when I was like, mom. And then I look back down to the mirror again, like what the heck, We're, okay, where are her legs? And then by the time I look up again, cause they weren't there, by the time I look up again, it's, it's out from behind the mirror. It isn't it, it looks just like my mother. Just like my mother, except for a few small details. Um, the eyes were huge. I guess not huge. They were, they were very big, um, abnormally large, didn't really blink. The pupil, it was just like, I don't want to say black eyes because they weren't blacked out, but they were large and, and just black inside of them. Um, the smile it was smiling with teeth and I always relate it to a Cheshire cat, but it's not like the smile went all the way to the ears. It was about the like right here. And this isn't normal, right? If they can see me, I'm pointing to like, uh, right between my mouth and my ear, like around the jawbone area. It was, it was really long.
1: Kind of like Um, the Joker's scar
3: Joker smile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and I was kind of paralyzed at that point. It, It had on the robe that my mom always wore. It was my dad's old robe. It was like blue and green and didn't have shoes on. Funny things to remember, but I remember that. So I'm frozen and I'm looking at this thing. I know it's not my mom, but I don't know what it wants. And suddenly it starts moving. And this is cheesy part number two, which makes it sound so stupid, but I'm, I'm, Dead serious. It takes these like leaps from foot to foot, left to right, like like a typical stereotypical monster would, you know, just like, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you. And then it, it got faster and faster, and then it got closer and closer at the same time. And then it got so close. And I remember as it was doing that, backing up in my bed so fast, and I hit my the back of my head on my headboard. Which was wooden, it hurt very bad. (laughs) But I I couldn't scream. I was, I didn't, it was all so fast. And when it got so close, it just disappeared. And I don't remember what even happened after that. I, I can imagine I probably fell back like under my covers because that's what I always did as a kid when I was scared. I would just hide under my covers. But I remember a lot of the time as a kid, I was scared of the dark. I, if I was thirsty, I wouldn't want to go to the kitchen by myself. And I still would have trouble yelling for my parents in the middle of the night because I, I don't know why, but it scared me even on a good day. So I think on this night, I I probably was too scared to call for my parents because I didn't want it to know they were there. I, I don't know. I think I just wanted to disappear. It's hard to remember, but I can remember everything up to that point when it just disappeared and I hit my head. Um, and I'd say that was the f- like scariest thing that's ever happened to me in my life.
1: <laughs> did it ever come back, or was it a one-off experience? No,
3: and that's the horrifying thing. I I am always afraid it's going to come back because what did it want?
1: Um, I like how you looked around when you said that. You're like, am I, always I am afraid? because
3: I'm in somebody else's house. <laughs> I mean, I it's tough, you know, because of the way that it presented itself too. It, it was just. Middle of the night, random, and then it wants to just show a piece of itself and then fully manifest. I mean, it was, it, it is scary to think when it's going to come back. It, it that has messed with me for a long time. I remember actually, I was always scared to tell other people about it for a long time because I felt like the, if I talked about it or the more I talked about it, I gave it life, and that it would come back. Um, but I eventually did. I even told my mom about it, and she said the first time. She said, Oh, are you sure that wasn't me? I said, What? And she said, you, Are you sure I wasn't just trying to play a trick on you? Because that's who my mom is. And I was like, No, that wasn't you, you psychopath. <laughs> First of all, you have legs. Um, but I think that she just was trying to, you know, I don't know, derail Explained me or something. Away. Yeah. I going to say, I love that she wanted to take credit for this horrible creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's, Acknowledging that she would in fact scare me in the middle of the night like that <laughs> as a child and watch me bang my head on the back of my headboard <laughs> and it, not pin to me afterwards, but yeah.
1: <laughs> it reminds uh, me of those critters in Harry Potter that would like change into whatever you're afraid of, you know?
2: Stop. <laughs> a, b- a boggart?
1: Yeah, but yeah. Harry Potter's not real, so it's okay. <laughs>
2: Okay, well, this
3: is real. I'm telling you, it was real. And it's so funny. I've thought about it in years, because you know, the further away you get from something in time, my memory's always been very sharp on it. But I start to question, well, wait a minute, like, did I just have like a child hallucination? Was I stressed at the time? You know, like, is it possible I hallucinated this? I don't think so. But I know I wasn't asleep.
1: Well, did you have experiences after that that gave this more credence in the way of like, okay, something about me, I'm able to see and experience these type of demons or ghosts or whatever. It's a part of my life.
3: I hate that you just said that Um, in the way that you did. I wouldn't say that I'm able. I would say that I am cursed, but um, I don't know. It's never been the same thing. I've never seen that thing again. Um, But in that same bedroom, which was my childhood bedroom, uh, years later, when I was a teenager, I'd had my first sleep paralysis experience. And I think that happens to a lot of people and it's normal, but I just remember waking up in my brain and I could not move. And then I started to feel claustrophobic. I'm pretty claustrophobic. And I I couldn't take a full breath. My breathing was slow. Like I was still in REM, I guess. And I was, you know, my brain's worrying and I'm like, whoa, whoa, I need to pump blood faster. Let's breathe faster. And it was very scary. Um, I finally got out of it though. And then we moved out of that house. At this point, I'm always sleeping with a lamp on. There's never a time where I don't sleep with a lamp on after that first experience. Um, We had moved out of that house into, are you guys familiar with Cusco Villa in Lake Oconee? It's like a golf place.
1: No. I'm...
3: Well, they have these condos there and it's, it's about the same size or if not bigger as our house was before, but we moved into this condo. So I felt real safe. You know, I'm like, there's people living above us. My parents are right down the hall. I'm good. But I started having really bad sleep paralysis in there. I tried to sleep with the lights out one time by myself in that in that condo because I felt safer. Had sleep paralysis and felt something crawl on me and lay on my chest, but that was about it. Um, And the, the crawling feels like a cat, like the weight of a cat you
1: know? So that was just a feeling. You never visually saw something when that happened. Is that right?
3: Nope. I didn't visually see anything, which is what a lot of people with sleep paralysis apparently do. Um, (laughs) so I actually bought myself a sleeping mask and I, at that point also sleep now with a sleeping mask, because I tell myself, Even if I'm laying in bed, trying to go to sleep, like I have that mask on. If it's there, I can't see it. I can feel it, but I can't see it. And that's fine with me.
1: So you're trying to game the system. You're like.
3: (laughs) Exactly, yes. Lights on, mask up. I'm good, (laughs)
1: Sounds like some weird COVID regulation.
3: Yes, (laughs) it's demon regulations. But um, so, yeah, you had me distracted. That's funny. Okay, so. That experience wasn't so bad because it's a cat-like pressure. Um, I have two dogs for the skeptics. I have two dogs that I sleep with every night when I can, because again, that's another repellent for me, for the demons to attack me. And my dog, when he walks around the bed, it's he's heavy. He wakes me up, he punctures me. He's a French bulldog, but they have weight, okay? They are dense animals. The other dog is also a French bulldog, but I can feel her on, on my neck at night. Like she sleeps right on my shoulder and she does not move compared to the other one. The thing that was walking on me was definitely more cat-like and in, in pressure and, and light on my chest. Like I could still sleep with it on my chest or sit there, not being able to move. And, and that experience wasn't so bad, but, um, the next experience was awful. So I was laying in my bed on my back because I frequently sleep on my back and I felt the cat-like pressure again, you know, stepping, crawling up my body. And the worst part at this point was that I felt it, when it got to my chest, I felt it separate into two and it laid on either side of my head and then it started to pet the top of my head like a like i was the cat <laughs> like i was the cat now it started to pet the top of my head and it and it was speaking to me from both sides And I could not understand it. It it felt like that scene in Nemo where he says, I know your mouth is moving, but I just, I can't understand what you're saying. Right. It's like, I know what they're trying to say to me, but I just can't put my finger on it. And I knew, I knew it was evil. Like, do you ever just feel something and you're like, that's not right. They hate me. That's wrong. That was what it was. And then it slowly faded out. And I came to and I, I was like, yep, okay, that happened. We love when that happens to me all the time and flipped over and I just went back to sleep because at this point, I'm like, okay, I get sleep paralysis. I guess I'm just stressed. That's what I try to tell myself. Um, but these things do happen. So that's why I'm here just saying the truth, whether it's, you know, stress or whatever you want to call it.
1: In your mind's eye now, can you still hear that speaking or whatever it was that was going on? Or is it kind of past?
3: I can hear... Well, I, I couldn't tell you the words because it's like they were words, but I didn't know what the words were. Um, I can kind of hear the... It's hard to describe this memory in that way. It's it's like a whisper. Um,
1: Could you do it for us to like give us... No, an like I, I
3: can't... I wouldn't know. I just... I do know it's like the S's were very... You know, like when someone says like an S, it's that that this. noise, this yes like is very um you can hear that and, it, and it's very prominent I remember hearing those being prominent so it wasn't like a hum if that makes sense
1: hmm. maybe it's aliens
3: stop because I don't like aliens and I don't <laughs> I don't like the idea of aliens because they give me an existential crisis
1: <laughs> oh same that's I think that's one of the <laughs> yeah I, I I can relate to that 100% and, it, and aliens are like so in vogue now because every time you I was going to say turn on the TV, but I guess I don't really ever turn on the TV that much anymore. But like when you look at news and stuff, it's now it's all like UFO videos that have been released by the government. So
2: it's getting scared, though, because what if it is aliens? Like, what if that's exactly what it is? It's more likely, realistically that it was an alien oh my god y'all and what if
3: okay and you're such an (laughs) asshole (laughs) no but listen so what if that's like the the harry potter thing that you were saying where they present themselves as something scary what if an alien was trying to present itself as something nurturing like a mother Mm. came to me and that's why i can't remember what happened after i backed up and it was Oh my
1: God. Yeah. We have an episode where somebody claims to have been abducted. And that was like one of the more bizarre episodes we've I had.
3: To
1: listen to that or not. We're
3: yeah. uh... <laughs> not, that's scary.
1: <laughs> I mean, so I'm curious, I know you got um, at least one more story, if not more, but before we jump into those, I think a lot of us who have either been on this podcast or listened to this podcast understand what sleep paralysis is to a certain degree that a lot of us have experienced it for me it's spiders um i've got another friend who sees a dark entity similar to what we've heard described as like the hat man or the shadow man
3: we can't talk about him
1: (laughs) come into their room and and they're just i've heard it at this point, I've heard a lot of different stories of sleep paralysis. I think the thing I find most interesting is a lot of times it varies from region to region or country to country of what people experience uh, during that phase. But for you, it seems like it's really prevalent. So it has turning the light on and wearing the sleep mask completely eradicated that happening.
3: No, it has not. <laughs> The war. So this is the last thing that's happened to me recently. Um, I'd say it was a couple months ago. It was right before we moved out of our house, which we moved out in April at the end of April. So it had to have been 2021 between January and April. Um, I was asleep in bed on my stomach this time, new eventful thing for me. And, um, I remember being woken up by, I was, um, pulled in bed, it, it was it was like it didn't hurt. It was just like my body went about seven inches or so down in my bed, and I was like, "Whoa, what just happened?" Right. And as I'm sitting there processing, like, "What was that? Like, did I just do that? Did I jump in my sleep and squinch up or something?" But my body's completely straight. As that happened, this is another hard thing for me to describe through audio. Um, I, I felt hands on my ankles my left ankle and it had claws like abnormally long claws again super cheesy I don't know why all the cheesy things have to have to happen to me but they do it had like these super super long claws like um on on my leg and it carefully and gently brought its hands down from like my my ankle area or like that low calf over my foot and very slowly, just wanted me to know, like, I'm letting go now, but I want you to know that I'm here. And I want you to feel my nails, you know, <laughs> and I love my nails too, but I did not love that. Like, you don't have to show me your nails like that. And so it was really traumatizing. And I remember sitting, cause I was awake at that point again, like I'm awake. I'm not half awake, half asleep. You just pulled me seven inches in my bed. I'm wide awake. I feel you there. Um, and I remember sitting there thinking after that happened, like, Okay, so sometimes in the middle of the night, Bugatti, my dog, the one that walks around, I was like, he likes to walk around the bed. He likes to go lay at the end of the bed and then he'll come lay up here sometime in the night and be up here with me and Prada right next to my, my face. I'm gonna I'm wake up, I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna look and see if he's at the end of the bed. Cause if he is, I'm gonna blame it on him. He was not at the end of the bed. He was right next to my face, like the other way where Prada was on the other side of my body Um, and that's when I just like pulled my legs up and I was like, now I can't stretch out for the rest of the night. I have to sleep with my legs up and I have to be curled up in a ball. So I don't bother whatever's up underneath my bed. I don't know.
1: I feel like I would be like, is this entity trying to turn me on or murder me? Like what it was very
3: sensual. It was (laughs) the way those like like the hands like went off my feet and like delicate. It was definitely something, I don't know, a little kinky with the pool, but not my not my thing.
2: Do the, do the dogs ever react to like when you, no, think- they don't. And you know what? That's what frustrates me because,
3: Oh, but you know what they do sometimes well at that condo when we lived there, they would bark um, at the walls. But for me, I was like, well, I'm in a condo. We have people next door. They probably can hear things that I can't hear. So take that for what you will, but no. And that's what makes me mad. Cause they're part of my My trilogy of things for protection, (laughs) and they're not even working. So things are still going to get me. I mean, and even the other time when I had the sleep paralysis, and that thing walked up on me and separated into and pet me. I mean, my dogs are, I, can, I could feel Prada when that was happening. I could feel Prada right here on my shoulder and I could feel Bugatti by my leg, by my calf. And, and, and they both snore. If you have bulldogs or French bulldogs, you know they snore, it's like a sound machine. And they both have very distinct snores. So I can hear where my dogs are, even if my body's frozen. And to be honest, <laughs> I called it sleep paralysis, but when that thing was walking up on me and it separated into two, that story from earlier, I don't even know if I was frozen or not. I probably just didn't want to move because, you know, sometimes I feel like when that stuff happens, I, I don't want it to know that I know it's there, you know?
1: Summer, I will say your name matches your personality because you are you have a very bright <laughs> sense about you. I think if this stuff was happening to me, I don't know. I, w- I would be freaking out. Like, I, I am very impressed how you're able to take this stuff in stride. Granted, it sounds like something that has been happening to you over an extended period of time. And I know that the extraordinary can become ordinary if it's, you know, if if you're experiencing it all the time, but I do appreciate you coming and sharing these stories and just your attitude towards this is, is really, um, inspiring. I I don't know if I could quite handle it with the same vigor that you do.
3: I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of, they, they've become my campfire stories, you know, if I'm out with friends and I'm like, Oh, I haven't told you about that, you know, and like, it's my thing. But you know, at the end of the day, I am the one that has to take that home and sleep alone and be alone and be paranoid. And well,
1: know. I want I want to ask a really personal question and you don't have to answer it, but has this gotten in the way of like relationships? Cause it seems like the <laughs> lights and everything could maybe be hard for somebody no. else.
3: Okay. So actually, um, in relationships, I've never had an, had an issue. Like if I was with a partner, it, it's never, I've, you know, if, if the TV's on, usually they like the TV on too, you know, and that's fine. Like I can sleep in the dark. If somebody's there with me, Gotcha. my dogs know, because obviously they are not very accountable, but <laughs> like another person, I can always like reach over and like grab and be like, help. But yeah, I, I do actually, I, I've had in the past Times where I've been excited, I've been like, now I get to see what it's like to sleep in the dark for once. And, you know, I get to be with another person. So I could just sleep in the dark. It's so exciting. And I would wake up so well rested, but I can't do that alone. And maybe it's just because over the years I slept with the lights on for so long that, you know, whenever I am in the dark, I already have that anxiety um, that might produce sleep paralysis. But I don't know. This stuff feels evil and it keeps coming for me and it's rude. So,
1: gosh, well. Sarah, did you have any more questions for summer?
2: No, I mean, I just, I agree with Noah. I think I'd be uh, a much like more dark minded person if that stuff was happening to me. But it's interesting that when you're with someone else, like you're you're allowing yourself to relax and like trust your space a little more, which is interesting.
3: Yeah. I'm definitely still jumpy. I remember I was at my boyfriend's house recently and we were getting ready for bed and um, he, he's, he's kind of noticed a couple things to himself. He's heard people walking down his stairs or like someone shuffling in the hallway and there's nobody there. I mean, stuff like that. So that made me a little wary of his basement now, you know, I'm like, oh, but because I know that he said those things and he writes them off, I'm taking it in. I'm taking your word for it. And <laughs> I was standing there getting, you know, putting on my, my, my skincare routine for the night. And I heard this, this noise that sounded like someone's foot shuffling and I screamed and I ran and I jumped on the bed so fast. And it was like, what was that? Did you hear that? I mean, so I'm still jumpy, but it turns out it was just like the little air freshener in the bathroom that like let <laughs> out the, the spray. Nice exactly heard
1: that s and you're like
3: exactly
1: (laughs) well summer before we get you out of here is there anything you wanted to promote or share with our audience or social media or anything
3: um i think that everybody should be nice to each other i think we've endured a year of everyone hating for one reason or another i think we should all love our neighbor if you take anything away from me love your neighbor and just be kind to people it's not our place to judge anyone, which isn't spooky at all. But I think the world needs to hear that.
1: Well, Summer, I've only known you for an hour. And I feel like that is right on brand for who you are. So I appreciate you sharing that with our audience. And if you ever have any more experiences or things you want to share with our podcast, or you want to come back on, please reach out and let us know we are going to try to do some things in Georgia moving forward. Maybe it'll be in Atlanta. I know we're trying to plan something um, Savannah as well. So we'll make sure to let you know. So maybe you can be a part of that.
3: Oh, that would be so fun. I'll definitely keep you guys updated. I mean, hopefully there's nothing that (laughs) happened. I'm praying, but it seems to have drawn out over 23 years. So hopefully nothing, but I will update you.
2: First time that you've like talked in a public forum about that, like weird it mom thing.
3: Yes. I mean, I, I did type it all up briefly. Right. They didn't get some of the more recent stuff in that typing and sent it to a, a, that other podcast, but you know, they haven't read it and no, it's mostly just stuff I've told friends and I've mentioned it to family members. I told my dad recently and he was like, huh? Yeah. He never <laughs> told me that, you know, <laughs> like he didn't know what to think about it. He just dropped it.
2: So yeah, I really haven't shared it. publicly. I was just curious. I'm like, please let us know how to, like how tonight
3: goes. (laughs) I was honestly, it's so funny when I sent that story in, I was like, should I tell them that I can't come on anymore? Because what if this makes more things happen? What if I'm giving it more energy? I'm going to (laughs) have sleep paralysis now. Like, but anyway, I I did it for you guys. So hopefully you'll get a like out of it or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You.
1: We appreciate the likes. All right, Summer, we'll have a good rest of the night. We really appreciate you coming on.
2: All right, thanks, guys.
1: All right, bye. There are different adjectives to use for these kind of things, but I would say Summer was really fun. Like she had a really, sounds cheesy, but bright personality to share such a dark freaking story.
2: I know, especially how descriptive the the monster was like, she, it's very vivid in her mind. Yeah, I love it. And I, yeah, it was interesting hearing it told in a sort of bubbly way.
1: <laughs> and how she has kind of rationalized it to a certain extent, you know, through religion, which I can certainly understand, especially if you're a Christian, you know, the Bible does talk a lot about things that will try to influence you. And, and so maybe that's a good way for her to kind of take this on? Cause she's, she, I mean, we didn't ask her how old she is now, but I mean, she's obviously still experiencing stuff. And I mean, and, and sleep, I, I can't remember Sarah, have you experienced sleep paralysis? I'm sure we talked about it. Yeah.
2: I had, I got it pretty bad in college, especially. Um, but I never like thought of it as a spiritual thing or like, like a an-
1: supernatural thing yeah yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah same i mean for me it's always been spiders so it'd be hard for me to make a leap that it's like a ghost spider or whatever
2: yeah i but- mean i did see a dude in the standing in the doorway but i always like and i would hear music but i would be like yeah
1: <laughs> i don't think i knew that
2: yeah but i would be like if i can just force myself to move my body i know i'll like get that out of way. it i think yeah It,
1: it, it the, the hard thing and the really scary thing about sleep paralysis is how real it feels. I mean, every time I've seen that spider or spiders whatever, especially in the early days of that happening, it felt like real life to the point that when I would quote unquote wake myself up, I would roll physically roll out of the bed onto the floor.
2: Yeah.
1: Now I'm to the point now where Like it happened for the first time and forever. A couple of weeks ago, I saw a spider on my laptop that was in the bed with me. And I I just, I got kind of like, you know, that kind of sensation. And I just went sleep paralysis and just quote unquote, went back to sleep. I don't really know how that works because you're awake and asleep, but you're not awake. Like there's no way for me to have enough light in the room to see what I'm seeing anyway. That's another kind of thing that always triggers to me. This isn't real. But for people who experience what sounds like entities and like these really extravagant experiences I mean who am I to tell them what that is I mean that's it's freaking horrifying
2: yeah I mean it is your your mind but yeah
1: just gonna let you sit in that one for me (laughs) (laughs)
2: because I mean like that's like when I I don't know but yes I agree with you that I could be wrong but in my experience like I there was like a a guy standing in the doorway always and I would hear music the music always felt more real to me than the guy
1: do you remember what the music was or was it just kind of
2: it was always like a classical music but I remember because I was in college and one of the Beethoven yeah and it was like in a you know a shitty like college apartment so the walls are really thin oh am I allowed to cuss yeah okay uh it was a shitty uh college apartment so the walls are really thin and um I remember I always would be like who was playing this like kind of peaceful classical music late at night so loud like I always thought someone was actually playing the music that part was like a disconnect for me
1: that's interesting and then you saw a creepy or was it a fully formed human you saw or was it just a shadow
2: it was that like yeah it was more of a shadow just like a
1: yeah I don't know I, I just wonder what that is that about us as humans that in in that kind of weird not being able to reach REM sleep phase that causes those projections you know it's it's fascinating yeah. I think we or maybe
2: like, we have to make them somewhat tangible like yeah our mind is trying to just understand what this sort of weird state we're in and like these weird probably actual physical things that we might be seeing because we're in this weird stage of sleep right.
1: or maybe it's just the blending of another reality and some little creepers just following you around listening to classical music
2: maybe but like I don't even know, because I, I don't know what happens when I wake up, but your eyes are closed, right? right. I think
1: that's my understanding, because I mean, I've had the sleep paralysis where it's been so vivid and real. But looking back on it, I'm like, there wasn't enough light in the room for me to be able to see that. So right. it, it has to be maybe if your eyes are open, your brain I, I don't know. I don't I mean, it's hard to say. I, we should have some kind of expert on to explain yeah. it, actually, now that we're talking about it, because I would like to know a little more. But yeah. regardless, it's pretty spooky. And for mm-hmm. her, the doppelganger incident, we've had a couple of people on that have had really horrifying doppelganger stuff. And I think as a child, that would ruin me. Like I, I would, I don't know how people just bounce back from these horrible things. But I guess people bounce back from really horrible stuff all the mm-hmm. time. So, but it's just crazy.
2: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense why she sleeps with the light on.
1: For sure. And I guess maybe that's a way for her to deal with the stress of that situation or like the PTSD. I mean, I got chills with her, especially talking about the hand pulling her leg from the bed. I mean, that's, that's really scary stuff. And she said that wasn't sleep paralysis. She said she was awake for that. Yeah. I stayed in a casino one time, uh, back when I used to play a lot of poker in my early 20s and they comped me a room and it wasn't-
2: They comped you a room?
1: Yeah, I played for 10 straight hours, I think. So they comped me a room and it was like a, I don't know what the rating of the casino was, it was so long ago, it was in Tunica, Mississippi, but I would say like the hotel room was like a two star, if that kind of gives you some perspective, two or three star and I will never forget this. So I had had some sleep paralysis by, at, by this point, you know, at the, this time, and I was starting to go to sleep and I felt distinctly, oh God, it makes me almost want to throw up telling the story. I distinctly felt something running across my legs and then my feet and then my legs again. And it didn't feel like a roach or something. It was, it was much too large. And I thought maybe it was sleep paralysis, but then I realized like, I'm awake. I can move. So I threw the covers off the bed and this like, what do you call them, Like granddaddy long leg spider or whatever? Oh. It was the one that had like the really long legs flew out of the covers when I Her threw daddy it. Long legs? Daddy long legs. Thank okay. you. And um, I killed it. But
2: oh, God. I really thought you were going to tell me it was a rat. I got so scared. No,
1: no, no, no. But I, I am scared of spiders, if you can't tell. <laughs> and that was like the worst because it like gave credence kind of to the sleep paralysis yeah. I had been feeling and to actually see the spider like fly out was just terrible.
2: You die, you like spiders have free reign.
1: Bro, come on. We That's We don't <laughs> have time for that. <laughs> Take your spider bits to another podcast. <laughs> That's that I can't deal with that. You know, and and living in Georgia, we have tons of spiders. So, yeah. luckily, I haven't seen a ton in my home or anything. But yeah, spiders are scary. To uh, me.
2: There was a big spider in here the other day, and I lost it. Like I didn't get, I didn't kill it. And now, On
1: purpose or?
2: Well, no, well, not really. Like I was going to try and shoo it out. And then kill it if I needed to. Yeah. And then by the time I came back with paper towels, it was gone. So I was like, well.
1: Because they will bite you. I've had uh, I had to get poison cut out of my leg as a kid because I got bit by some kind of spider. I had to go to the doctor and everything. It was. Rough. How did you know? It was clearly infected, and so I guess my parents just took me oh. to the doctor. And, and I, I, don't remember a lot about it because I was really young. I just, I just remember the pain and like the shot, and them telling my parents like it was a spider bite that was infected. Wow, got to be careful with those spiders. Spider. We are so far off track. So come
2: back, come back with the this.
1: story that we just heard from Summer. I mean, we kind of heard how she would deal with, or how she does deal with what happens to her with these entities or whatever it is. If you were summer and you had experienced exactly what she experienced as a skeptic, would that be enough to tip the scale for you from like a two to a three to like a seven, would you say?
2: Um, maybe, I mean, I, I had pretty vivid dreams when I was a kid. Like I remember one time, like this disembodied hand for a really long time. I had a dream that it was like coming after me. And one time I even ran into the house, but I was like, or into the hallway of the house, but I was so disoriented. I couldn't find my parents' room and I just like screamed for them. And then they came out and, you know, like put me back to bed. And they were like, everything is fine. Nothing's real. And so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I
1: feel like you've stayed with that mantra.
2: Um. If I, but also, (laughs) if I had that specifically vivid, because I mean, that was really detailed. It really did sound like a scene from It.
1: I mean, everything,
2: she remembered the way it moved, the way it looked. I know. Um,
1: The selfish part of me was like, ooh, we should make a horror short based on that, just because it was so descriptive.
2: You really could, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could just be that scene. And that, like, I'm guessing
1: she probably wouldn't want to play that role, though.
2: Maybe face your fears, you know? (laughs) Face it in real life. We'll make a, we'll, we'll a real-life Boggart for...
1: Oh, gosh. Is, that,
2: um, is it Boggart?
1: I think Boggart, Boggart.
2: I'm I sure. feel like the Harry Potter fans will come after me if I don't get it right.
1: Oh, they're coming for you. <laughs> Sarah at notonsocialmedia.com. <laughs> real easy to find. That would be tough for me. I would certainly...
2: Did you never have a really vivid, scary dream that you thought was real as a kid?
1: Yeah, I've always had vivid dreams. And, and there are some that really... I can still remember. There was one with kind of like, it was cartoonized for some like cartoony for some reason, and the the house we were in like kept melting away, and this guy with really long legs. I just remember it was like chasing me and my friends. But I've had zombie dreams. I mean, I you name it, I've had it. Just because I do remember so many of my dreams, it can be pretty bad. I don't really get. Um, nightmares anymore, though it's it's super rare, and I yeah. think that's just because I've worked very hard of taking stress out of my life. I think I just respond to stress and anxiety, and I internalize it, and it manifests itself in sleep paralysis or bad dreams.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh well, and I guess she did say that it was she knew it wasn't a dream because she could feel the remote.
1: Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I mean it. Yeah super spooky. I certainly understand why that has kind of traumatized her a little bit and why she's very scared. But um, man, she's just such a nice, pleasant person. I I hope that she can continue to find some peace and maybe get some better results where she doesn't have this happen to her. But uh, yeah, Summer, if you're listening, thank you again for coming on. That was for a dark story. It was a very bright spot in our night.
2: Yes. I hope she sleeps well tonight.
1: And so with that, I'm Noah Daniels.
2: I'm Sarah Stevens.